Welcome to another episode of Football 360. I'm your host, Kareem Timbers. And on today's episode, I'd like to recap week one of the NFL, talk about two key matchups for this weekend, for week two, and discuss the latest news regarding college football. So let's just get started. This past week, the Houston Texans played the Kansas City Chiefs in the season opening game in Kansas. All right. Um, Prior to the game, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes led their teams out to the football field to lock arms in solidarity in reference to what's going on in our country right now. Okay. Besides, obviously, COVID-19 with race relations, the killing of un, uh, innocent, unarmed, uh, melanated people around the country. Okay. And wanted to bring some awareness to that. And I wanted to start my show off today with this first because it's still kind of mind boggling to me that in 2020, these are the same conversations that my parents had when they were growing up. Okay. Same conversations that my grandparents had prior to that and so on and so forth. Okay. So what has really changed? What has really changed um, over the years? Okay. Um, You had 18,000 fans allowed into the stadium um, in Kansas City. And fans are booing the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs players for locking arms in solidarity for what's going on with the social injustice in this country. Now, if they're locking arms for uh, breast cancer awareness, for diabetes, ALS, anything other than um, for awareness of what's happening to melanated people in this country and worldwide, um, the fans, the fans want to boot. You know, that's just my, that's just my honest opinion. Okay. And, you know, to, you know, then they interviewed JJ Watt, Deshaun Watson, the players after the game, and they're completely shocked as well that fans were booing for players locking arms to bring awareness to the social injustice in this country. And we're still a boom. Okay. And for people to say, hey, I, I, you know, you can't turn a blind eye to this at this stage in the game. It's too much going on. You see it every day, you know, and, and, and something needs to be done about it. You know, starting with police reform. Okay. Um, on the state, local and, and national level. All right. Uh, people who are, you know, Violating and um, shooting and killing innocent people, people who have their their hands up and are defenseless. It, it should, you know, they, they should be indicted. I mean, it's 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 a no brainer. Okay, but this is the this is the world we live in here in 2020. So, just wanted to bring to start the the show off with that today because that really bothered me. It really bothered me to see that after. All that's going on and how even athletes are trying to use their voice to to uh, talk about the social injustice in this, in this country and around the world that you still have ignorant fans booing these players. OK, they shouldn't be allowed to even come into the damn game. OK, um, well, with that being said. All right. So that I mean, I think that kind of took away the highlight of the whole game uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs and Houston Texans. All right. But, but let's, let's, let's fast forward. Let's fast forward because obviously this is a, a issue that won't be uh, 
fully addressed and answered today. Okay. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully sometime soon, very soon, um, that we'll start to see some change in that regard. All right. But moving on, um, looking at the, uh, the Chicago Bears, my hometown team, I'll call them the Cardiac Bears. Why? Because for the first three quarters of the football game, we saw the same old Chicago Bears. Okay. A lack of offense. You know, the lack of rhythm on offense, three and out, three and out, three and out defense on the field majority of the the time. Okay, being a former athlete, being on the defensive side of the ball, it gets tiring out there when when you don't get a three and out or when your offense is constantly turning the ball over and you have to be on the field 85 to 90 percent of the time on the field. Okay, Um, and I've got to give a shout out to uh, Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterson, like the Adrian Peterson of old. Okay, was recently released from the Washington team. The Lions picked him up. Um, I guess I wasn't expecting him to play much, but it's Adrian Peterson. He ran for nearly 100 yards on the Bears on Sunday. Uh, Matt Stafford looked like the old Matt Stafford. Um, you had the young uh, rookie receiver uh, from Wisconsin Badgers, Quintez Cephas, who looked pretty solid on a couple catches on Sunday. And the Bears defense looked pretty solid, but like I said, they were on the field majority of the time. And I'm not sure what uh, Matt Nagy or I'm not sure if Trubisky's parents or somebody gave him a call or, or you know, someone gave him a pep talk right into the fourth quarter. But he was non-existent. And then the fourth quarter comes around and Mitch Trubisky played a near perfect game in the fourth quarter. Threw for three touchdown passes. OK, and I think the, the best ball he I, I believe he's thrown as a Chicago Bear was his last touchdown pass to Anthony Miller down the down the sideline, a tightrope pass down the sideline. And sure enough, you know, by the by the grace of God, hey, the Bears pulled off the victory. Okay, because the young running back, uh, Swift out of Georgia, dropped the touchdown pass for the Lions to, to win the game. So we lucked up and hey, you know, I'm I'm, hey, I'm I'm excited as a Bears fan that we won the game, but we still like the same old Bears. So we got another game, obviously, coming up week two. This weekend against the New York Giants. First home game in Chicago. Um, I'm looking for the Bears defense to, to show up early. Hopefully, Mitch Trubisky can put it together for four quarters. And we get the W. Okay. But, yeah, this, the same old uh, cardiac Bears. But I'm glad that the, uh, the Chicago Bears allowed Mitch Trubisky to kind of do what he does best in um Scramble the pocket. He's better on the run than he is in the pocket. So you got to got to play to his strength. So if the Bears continue to, and Matt Nagy continues to play to Mr. Trubisky's strengths. Um, I think we can get something out of the offense this year. And you got to feed Allen Robinson. I mean, he's one of the best receivers in the league. You got to feed the man. And he's on his last year of his contract with the Bears. Bears need to do what's right and pay that man. But more importantly, get that man the ball so we can win some ball games. Okay. Um, also, Cam Newton. Um, I'm not sure if you had a chance to watch Cam Newton in week one against the Miami Dolphins, but Cam Newton looked like the Cam Newton of old. Um, mobile, um, physical. Um, I think he was 15 for 19 passing, uh, two rushing touchdowns. And the great thing about the Patriots, and that's also relates to the great thing about good coaches and great coaches. You t- you adapt your game plan and your strategy to the talent that you have on your roster. Okay. 
you adapt your game plan to the talent on your roster to bring out the best in that player and also to help your team win. And that's what Bill Belichick does. He's the best in the game, hands down. We know that. Each week he might come out in uh, 22 personnel, okay, two running backs, two tight ends. He might come out in 12 personnel week to week. And each week is a different week and how he game plans depending on the team he's playing. And sure enough, you saw, you know, the Patriots out there were three tight ends and they ran the ball over 65% of the time against the Dolphins. And the Dolphins, you know, not the Dolphins of old. And they brought in some solid players in the offseason. Okay, from Byron Jones, the defensive back from Dallas Cowboys, who's all pro a couple years back. Kyle Van Noy, all pro Super Bowl champion who played for the Patriots, who now plays for the Dolphins. But got to give a shout out to uh, Josh McDaniels. Excellent play calling and doing things that benefits Cam Newton. Okay. And the the Patriots look good as they got the win um, in week one. All right. Um, Got some key matchups for week two. My two top NFL games for week two. You have the Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens versus the Houston Texans. And you also have the Seattle Seahawks versus the New England Patriots. I'll start first with the Ravens. All right. So the Ravens um, play the Texans this Sunday. The Ravens are coming off a big win, week one win against the Cleveland Browns. Lamar Jackson and that defense. Lamar Jackson looked like the MVP from last year, right where he left off. Okay. Other than the, obviously the, the playoff game. Um, and the Ravens were rolling. Got a very young, talented team. No one can stop Lamar Jackson. That's just, that's just. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> the guy's efficient with the football. Um, doesn't make many mistakes throwing the football. And we all know what he can do running the football. Okay. That Baltimore Ravens defense is still solid despite losing Earl Thomas. They just have a pedigree of playing smash mouth football in Baltimore. Okay. Um, the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans are obviously coming off a loss week one to the Kansas City Chiefs. They're playing in Houston. You, you, you think about you know what happened in the offseason, the loss of DeAndre Hopkins, um, Sean Watson's number one target, arguably the best player on their team, and one of the top five, top ten players in the NFL. Let's just let's just put it out there, okay? But you bring in to replace DeAndre Hopkins, the Houston Texans brought in Randall Cobb, okay, receiver Randall Cobb, brought in receiver Brandon Cooks, and they brought in running back um, David Johnson. All right. Those guys are only uh, a piece of what they used to be. You know, they're not as good player, as good as, as players as they once were. And despite bringing those three guys in, they don't compare to DeAndre Hopkins. Let's just, let's just put it out there. Uh, they don't. And DeAndre Hopkins, I think, he even set a uh, record uh, for catches uh, with the Arizona Cardinals in week, his week one win over the um, San Francisco 49ers. I think he had like 14 catches. Week one there. So I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens over the Houston Texans. Houston Texans this weekend. I think just no one can stop Lamar Jackson. And the lack of offensive line play by the Houston Texans. They got to protect Deshaun Watson. They got to protect that man. I just think the Baltimore Ravens are going to be too tough for them. So I'm going with Baltimore in that matchup. All right. Um, And then the other matchup. You get the Sunday night game of the week. You have the New England Patriots, Cam Newton and the New England Patriots going into Seattle. 
into a hostile environment, home of the 12th man in Seattle. Okay, I've been to a few games and uh, for the Seattle Seahawks over the years, and there's nothing like the crowd of the Seattle Seahawks. Okay, it's electric. It's like being at a concert, at your favorite concert. The energy is electric. The fans really provide, you know, that 12th man on the field. You bring in Jamal Adams from New York, from the New York Jets. Bobby Wagner was all pro. Jamal Adams all pro. Russell Wilson's playing his best football. I'm not sure if you saw him last week, but he was near flawless against the Atlanta Falcons um, and threw four touchdown passes. Okay. So you think you think of Russell Wilson playing MVP Super Bowl type football with that Seattle defense looking like the old Legion of Boom in Seattle? You can't go against the Seahawks. Okay, the Patriots obviously are tough with Cam Newton. He's healthy right now, which is good. The Patriots defense is solid, but going on the road in Seattle in a Sunday night game, I'm going with the Seahawks. So. Expect the Seahawks to win that game Sunday night and switching gears. Okay. From NFL to college football. So we had big news this week after the back and forth regarding the stance on um, the big 10 being canceled. There was a unanimous vote earlier this week that has reinstated big 10 football for October 24th. All right. So it gives the players about a month, about a month out to kind of really get prepared and, and get ready for a nine game season. Okay. So the ninth games, the ninth game is going to be played the same week as the conference championship week. So for the big 10 teams are going to be the big 10 championship. You're going to have every other team and that big 10 playing a ninth game. Okay. Um, also the ninth with the ninth game brings for the big 10 is an opportunity in the case for the college football playoff. You have the ACC big 12 and SEC playing 10 games this year okay so with the big 10 playing nine at least nine games that's gonna give a case for the top team or two out of that conference to potentially be in the college football playoff okay you also have many players who have decided to opt out um of the 2020 season for the big 10 football uh, with the prior cancellation but now you have a few weeks to a month in time to see if some of those players are going to opt back in to finish up either their senior year or also to get back out there and play the game because they love the game of football and get their draft stock up. Okay. That's my time for today. I appreciate you tuning in and listening. I'm your host, Kareem Timbers, signing off at Football 360.